Hello and welcome to Nick's Nerd News. This is where you come to listen to breaking news when it comes to the nerd world. That means we have breaking video game news, movie news, and TV news. If you want to hear about the latest games, the latest movies, and everything else, stick around. Because here's your host, Nick, from a tiny studio in San Diego. kind of slow wasn't it what's up guys september 20th it's me your host nick it is episode 280 280 episodes in the bag how about that how about them how do you like them apples (laughs) doesn't even make sense in that context um no what's up what's up guys how you guys doing you guys having fun you doing anything Fancy, you playing Starfield, you playing Mortal Kombat, you watching movies, Ahsoka, why am I talking like this, cause I'm, I don't know, uh, <laughs> just having fun man, I'm having fun, it's fun, you're fun, we're all fun, this is Nick's Nerd News, no shortage of fun on this program, am I right, when I'm right, I'm right, anyway, Got some fun, fun, well not really fun, crazy top stories for you today. Um, Just to give you a brief hint of what's uh, what's in store for you over the next hour, hour plus potentially. Uh, Microsoft decided to out itself essentially uh, by accident when they uploaded some documents to the court in their ongoing case against the FTC about their purchase of Activision Blizzard, and instead of redacting things properly, they they didn't really redact anything at all, essentially. A lot of crazy, crazy things came out of that Xbox leak. We're going to go over all of that, of course. The writers had a meeting with the AMPTP today, and which featured a meeting with all of the Hollywood CEOs, which is a good, good thing. That's a, a start in the right direction. So that's a big deal. Maybe the writer's strike might be winding down after over 100 days. I think we're getting closer to 200 days at this point on the strike. So we're at 100, 142 days. So almost almost 200 days. Uh, so it's it's been quite a while. Uh, even Gavin Newsom has gotten in on the on the negotiations. He's spoken with both sides trying to work it out but uh, as of right now it is one of the longest strikes in history uh which is it's it's nearing the 
the longest since 1988, which lasted for 153 days. So it's it's been quite a while. Uh, we'll see what happens, though, with the SAG strike. That is still ongoing as well. Um, but also, we're going to talk about Ahsoka because Thrawn finally arrived. And boy, is it a doozy. So let's not waste any time. Let's uh, Let's get right into the news, shall we? Wait, never mind. There's actual things we need to discuss. And that's what I say to you every week. Follow us on social media. Nixner News, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Threads, right? We're on all those. Follow my personal TikTok, the Nick DeFalco. And don't forget to check out nixnernews.com. You can listen to the show right in your browser, right on your phone. Or you can find links to all the places you can subscribe to us. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. Amazon Music. iHeartRadio. We're on all the big ones. Follow us there. Listen to us all the time. That way you don't have to go anywhere fancy. It just pops up on your phone whenever the new episode drops. So, now that we got that out of the way, let's really get to the news. Alright, so what's uh, what's going on in the video game world, huh? Well, <laughs> a lot, actually. It's, uh, <laughs> it's pretty wild. We'll get to the biggest stuff later, of course. But, let's uh, start off. You know, Nintendo and Sony both had a d- direct and a state of play, respectively. So, we will talk about everything announced at those two things. But, let's just get to the basic news first, shall we? Uh, it Based on a filing... Horizon Forbidden West may be getting a complete edition that could also come to PC within the next month or two. Uh, That would include, of course, the Burning Shores DLC plus the base game. Uh, Play it if you haven't played it. Both games are amazing. So uh, the devs, the developers behind Rust, have announced that due to Unity and all their new changes and things like that, they are going to not put Rust 2, whenever that does come out, they won't use Unity. Um, the So, this is funny. So, when they announced their changes to their runtime fee and everything like that, uh, developer Gary Newman, founder of Face Punch Studios, creator of Gary's Mod, posted a lot of things. A lot of games were pulled because of it. Um, Gary Newman said, quote, maybe they forgot about PC gaming again. It hurts because we didn't agree to this. We use the engine because you pay up front and then ship your product. We weren't told this was going to happen. We weren't warned. We weren't consulted. We have spent 10 years making rust on Unity's engine. We paid them every year, and now they changed the rules. Unity has shown its power. We can see what they can and are willing to do. You can't unring that bell. Unity is the worst company to be in charge of the Unity engine. The trust is gone. Unquote. So... He uh, said, followed up saying, quote, We had 10 years to make our own engine and never did. I'm sure a lot of game companies are feeling the same today. Let's not make the same mistake again. Rust 2 definitely won't be a Unity game, unquote. So that's a big, big game dropping Unity. They aren't the only ones. Uh, We'll follow up with Unity a little bit later as we get through more stories. 
Dark House, Dark House, Dark Horse has announced three new Mass Effect statues at the 8-inch size. Uh, they will retail for $60 next February, I think it is. Uh, includes Garrus Vakarian, Liara Tassoni, and the Reaper known as Sovereign, the, the main boss at the end of the game. Or the main bad guy of the whole first game. So that's uh, what's available next year. Uh, Nintendo had a Direct on Thursday, the day after we recorded last week, of course. Uh, several new things were announced. Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door HD was announced and will be releasing soon. F-Zero makes its triumphant return, this time as F-Zero 99. And it's the original Super NES F-Zero, reimagined as a 99 racer battle royale. Uh, it's free now to all active Nintendo Switch Online users. Uh, the Mario vs. Donkey Kong remake was announced. will release in February of next year, February 16th. Uh, Princess Peach Showtime, the, the Princess Peach-focused game, will finally got a release date, March 22nd next year. Tomb Raiders 1, 2, and 3, the original Tomb Raider from PlayStation, uh, the remakes will be released on Valentine's Day next year. Luigi's Mansion 2, obviously all these had trailers as well. Luigi's Mansion 2 HD got a summer release window. Splatoon 3 is getting DLC sometime in the spring. Uh, Ubisoft announced that Prince of Persia The Last Crown will release on January 18th. The Super Mario RPG remake got a release date of November 17th. Dave the Diver was announced. Unicorn Overlord and WarioWare Move It all got new trailers for uh, ahead of their releases. So that was the Nintendo Direct held Thursday morning. Uh, we'll move on to a couple more stories. Ascendant Studios, which was the developer behind the recent Immortals of Avathem game, has been hit with layoffs. They've laid off almost half, if not more than half, of their staff after the release of the game. Apparently, most of the people laid off were Unreal Engine 5 artists and engineers, which is kind of the people you'd want to keep around as Unreal 5. Anyway, it has impacted about 40 people per polygon. Uh, it's been one of the worst-selling EA Originals games. Uh, EA Originals is a program by EA that essentially helps publish indie games, but um, it's had a weak player count on Steam, mixed reviews, so it it's it's hasn't done well. It was that first-person magic game. Um, about 45% of the staff had been laid off in what the CEO calls a, quote, difficult but necessary, unquote, decision. Um, they're helping employees in every possible way. They said that they're working on this via Polygon. Severance packages, job placement assistant, and support services for those who are left. Um, so, yeah, it looks like that game didn't do as well as uh, people had hoped. It's unfortunate, but hopefully a lot of those people find jobs. I'm sure a lot of studios are hiring Unreal 5 Engine artists and things like that. Um, before we get to the state of play, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth has been announced. We'll have at least 100 hours of gameplay when the game launches early next year. Uh, so let's talk about that state of play, shall we? Um, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, like I just mentioned, will release on February 29th next year. 
Spider-Man 2 got a new trailer. The game start, is starting to look a whole lot better than it did a few months ago. Uh, it is out next month, of course. But uh, it will have at least 65 suits to, to collect and find in the game when it releases October 20th. Uh, Resident Evil 4 Separate Ways DLC launches next month. Resident Evil 4's PSVR 2 version is expected to launch later this winter. Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, the Avatar open world game from Ubisoft, got a new story trailer telling the story of essentially who you are as a character. Um, New Volcanic Red, Cobalt Blue, Sterling Silver controllers and faceplates were announced for the PlayStation 5. A new game, Baby Steps, was shown off. Looks pretty funny. Roblox is hitting PlayStation consoles and the PlayStation 4. Yes, it's weird to announce a PlayStation 4 game in 2023. Uh, but Roblox hits PlayStation 4 on October 10th. Ghostbusters Rise of the Ghost Lord, a new VR game, hits PSVR 2 next month. Foam Stars is getting an open beta between September 29th and October 1st. That's like Sony's take on Splatoon. A little more adult, though. Tales of Arise is getting DLC almost two years after its original release. And that is it for the PlayStation's State of Play, which took place Thursday afternoon. Uh, Moving forward, let's talk about Unity some more, shall we? So Unity has announced that it had closed their offices last week. So in both San Francisco and Austin... Because it had gotten a credible death threat. So via Bloomberg here, it says, quote, via Unity, via Bloomberg, quote, Today we have been made aware of a potential threat to some of our offices. We have taken immediate and proactive measures to ensure the safety of our employees, which is our top priority. We are closing our offices today and tomorrow that could be potential targets for this threat and are fully cooperating with law enforcement on the investigation, unquote. Look, you can be very upset with what Unity did and things like that. Don't threaten them with death or violence. What the hell is the matter with people, huh? Don't threaten them with death or violence. Just be like, bro, I'm not buying your games, dude. Or their developers aren't going to work with them anymore. Don't threaten lives. Don't threaten people. What is wrong with this world? Oh, my God. And and sticking with Unity here, I hope they, they got the person that threatened that because... That that's just that's just ridiculous. I mean, really. Anyway, Unity has also announced that it will be making changes to its new policy uh, via Bloomberg. That uh, Unity has told staffers in a meeting it's considering capping fees to four percent of a game's revenue for customers making over a million dollars. Additionally, installations that count toward research reaching the threshold of free enforcement won't be retroactive. Uh, that's via Jason Schreier at Bloomberg. Um, Unity has apologized, and they said, quote, We have heard you. We apologize for the confusion and angst the runtime fee policy we announced on Tuesday caused. We are listening, talking to our team members, community mem- customers, and partners, and we'll be making changes to the policy. We will share an update in a couple of days. Thank you for your honest and critical feedback, unquote. So while this policy was meant to go into effect on January 1st, um, and it would only affect new installs, that did not stop people from being very angry. 
while we have yet to hear what the official changes will be, if that report from Jason Schreier is to be believed, which I would because he's a he's got solid sources, it looks like some some remedies may have been made after they doubled doubled down in in a sorts. Uh, the developers behind Hades and Hades 2 have announced that it will Hades 2 will enter early access sometime in the spring on both Steam and the Unreal Epic or the Epic Game Store. If you guys are looking for that, uh, the first game launched exclusively on the Epic Game Store for several months before hitting Steam. Uh, I refused to buy it on that version. I waited for the Steam version, and then I have it on Xbox, PlayStation. And Switch. But I'm a big supporter of Hades. So, in a new report, Ubisoft Montreal, which is uh, behind several large Ubisoft games, uh, announced that on... So we found out that on September 11th, most of the 4,000 staff at that studio um, had returned to the office for the first time. But it looks like people are not happy about it. So... Pretty much all of them were turned to office for the first time since 2020, and I guess the studio's intranet has a lot of people posting with their anger uh, about broken promises. So, (laughs) apparently there's a lot of issues with working conditions, um, noisy calls in an open... These are the complaints, and this is via IGN. Quote, noisy calls in an open office, increased expenses, lack of sufficient equipment or accommodations, um, layoffs, cancellations, abuse allegations, mandated office return seems to be their biggest frustrations, uh, unquote. Uh, Broken promises also fall fall on, but it's... So Montreal essentially made Far Cry 6, Roller Champions, For Honor, multiple Assassin's Creed games... Um, they just didn't really have a full plan about returning the office. Uh, they were told over the last two years they could remain uh, remote, but looks like that, um, that didn't really happen. People were offered jobs over that work from home. And that's wild that they offered hybrid, flexible working environment. A hundred percent remote work will be possible depending on various criteria, unquote. But that was all changed. I have some personal... I don't have personal um, experience with that just because I personally go into my office every day. Um, But similar situations happened at the company I work for. uh, And several members on on the team that I personally supervise had frustrations with the policy. Several people in my department as a whole had frustrations with with the policy change. So I I can understand their frustrations when, when things are made. And uh, then uh, pulled back with no warning at the last minute and seemed to be going against what would normal company policy would be when companies, all these companies strive for quote-unquote transparency. You know what I mean? So it looks like there's just a lot of issues. Um, If a lot of people leave, that will be interesting to see. Uh, There's a big expose on it on, on IGN if you guys want to read more into what's going on at Ubisoft Montreal. Um, Mortal Kombat 1 released officially yesterday, and some news came out of it. If you've been on the internet, you definitely know what's going on. Uh, A, 
the issues with the Switch version. Uh, but first, I want to talk about there's a new fatality, and it's literally ripped straight out of uh, Kill Bill, which is really funny. Um, it looks really great. So, <laughs> like, it's where she does... It's when she kills Bill at the end of Kill Bill Volume 2. Spoilers for, like, a 20-year-old movie. But she, like, pokes his chest in a certain way. There's a fatality that does that. Um, but, of course, like I said, the Switch version. And uh, it, it looks horrendous. Especially for them charging $70 on a game that looks like it came out 20 years ago. Ed Boon, head of NetherRealm Studios, has uh, come out with a statement. Which was, he was being interviewed by the BBC Newsbeat. He said, quote, And a number of the concerns of the issues that had come up will absolutely be addressed. It would have been ideal for us to have released the version that we absolutely wanted, but anything that we're finding a problem with is on our list and is going to be fixed. Um, unquote. So, it looks so bad. So, <laughs> if you have a Switch and you're gonna, you were thinking about Mortal Kombat 1, might want to wait for the update. Um... We learned via Square Enix that the Final Fantasy VII Remake and the Intergrade DLC uh, both sold a total of 7 million copies together, which is a quite a big number for a game, a remaster of a game. Uh, and then we also learned that Rebirth, the second half of the remake, will be exclusive to PlayStation for at least three months. Does that mean that the Xbox version is imminent? Who knows? But we'll see what happens. Uh, we've also learned that The Elder Scrolls 6 will be an X Xbox exclusive. No surprise there, realistically. Uh, and it will be out at 2026 at the earliest. And if you're thinking that's next gen, I got some news for you in a bit. And before we get there, let's talk about Titanfall 2. And you're probably wondering, Nick, Titanfall 2? What, what, what do you mean, Titanfall 2? Well, Titanfall 2 is back in the news. Because it has received an update. And there's been a small resurgence on PC. So, the game came out in 2016. Wow, has it been that long? Holy shit. Um, that's wild. But, they've yet to announce any major update. There's been a large number of people playing on Steam. On September 17th, it had a peak of 23,000 concurrent players. It marched up into Steam's top 100 most popular games. Um, it was 90% off last week on Steam. But an Easter egg was spotted within a Apex Legends patch note that was released last week. Um, including the Nessie, which it's all about the Nessie mascot, which was started in Titanfall. Um... They were all Unix timestamps that correspond to the release dates of Titanfall, Titanfall 2, and Apex Legends. Um, while this doesn't necessarily mean Titanfall 3, um, it'll be interesting to see what ultimately happens and uh, if this resurgence helps Respawn get the ball rolling again on Titanfall 3. So, I, I teased it just a minute ago. Let's talk about the Xbox leaks, and there were a lot of them. Um, Xbox or Microsoft uploaded a document to the Northern District Court of California in regards to what is go uh, their their 
purchased their buyout of Activision. Um, and uh, a lot of things have come out. And it, it's interesting, to say the least. Uh, some good, some bad, some nothing, really. But a, a lot of stuff. So one of the biggest things we've learned is that Microsoft is has considered buying Nintendo. Um, they don't want to do a hostile takeover because they know that wouldn't work. They do have a great partnership with Nintendo already. Uh, my friend made a good joke yesterday. It's like, of course Phil Spencer wants to buy Nintendo. He wakes up and stares at them every day. <laughs> if you don't know, Nintendo of America's office is literally across the street from multiple Microsoft buildings. They're both in Redmond, Washington, literally across the street from each other. So Phil Spencer even wrote in an email, said, quote, getting Nintendo would be a career moment, unquote. Um, he also speculated about the potential for the future. He knows it's a long game with them because realistically Nintendo is flush with cash. They're not in any danger. Um, he said, quote, it's just taking a long time for Nintendo to realize that their future exists off of their own hardware, unquote. A long time, quote unquote. So, yes, Nintendo, realistically, their consoles sell very well. I don't foresee this ever happening. If any company would do it, it could be Microsoft. Um, it's funny that Nintendo and Microsoft still have this really great relationship because you'd think they'd have a better relationship with Sony being them both Japanese companies, but my speculation is that whatever happened in the 90s, when they were both working on the Nintendo PlayStation, and yes, the Nintendo PlayStation was an actual um, like concept console created by both companies. Whatever happened between them then that caused the partnership to fall apart, they like hate each other ever since. They they refuse to work with each other ever since then. And it, it's something I don't. I just I want to know what happened and who is being petty and spiteful since then. Also, they were, Microsoft had mulled over buying Steam, uh, or Valve, realistically, considering Gabe Newell used to work for Microsoft, there is a partnership there, uh, as well as Warner Brothers Games. Uh, Warner Brothers Games was up for sale several years ago. This was about the time uh, they had bought Bethesda, and but their biggest hesitancy to buying the WB Games platform, all the studios, was due to the fact that they wouldn't be able to own the IP, right? So they'd buy uh, NetherRealm, they would buy Rocksteady, they would buy uh, WB Montreal, things like that, but they wouldn't be able to own Batman or things like that. So that there was an issue with that, like, hey, why buy all these studios if we can't own the IP, right? Uh, we learned that there might be an Oblivion remaster in the works, and that is Elder Scrolls Four. Uh, they were apparently working on it before. They were working on it before the the buyout. Uh, Bethesda may have shelved it. We learned about a couple other games that might have been releasing as well. There's a lot of stuff that came out. Um, <laughs> it's it's really funny. Uh, a Fallout Three remaster might be in the works. In uh, Ghostwire Tokyo sequel, Dishonored Three. Um, this is where also we kind of learned about Elder Scrolls 6, not until 2026. So, Phil Spencer talked about how, he said, quote, AAA publishers were slow to react to the disruption, uh, unquote, of digital storefronts like Steam's and Xbox and PlayStation stores. 
He also um, talked about how they're not as dominant as they used to be. He wanted to, he talked about how they need to fill a gap. They bought all these studios and no games are coming out. He's frustrated with that. Um, they are anticipating, they were anticipating a Red Dead Redemption 2 next gen release. That ultimately never happened. Um, we've learned that 75% of Series X and S owners are actually Series S console owners. So more, more people on current gen own Series S than they do Series X. This is again all due to court documents. We found out, we thought it was the FTC, we found out it was Microsoft ultimately. Microsoft underestimated Baldur's Gate 3. Um, granted, Larian even followed up with like, well, nobody expected it to do what it did, which is funny. Um, all the court documents have been pulled from the internet, so I can't really um, see that anymore. So, it's it's funny. So, Microsoft had said they didn't get it. They didn't estimate it would do so well. And then Larian's director of publishing on Twitter said, quote, in their defense, so did everyone else. Same with DOS 2. Comes with a genre and the way we approach things and the way we execute things. There just isn't any existing data that could have told anyone how Baldur's Gate 3 was going to perform. We just had to take a giant spooky leaps, unquote. Uh, Phil Spencer was candid in an email about the PlayStation 5 reveal. Uh, he, in an email he sent to Satya Nadella, the Microsoft CEO, he said, quote, We have a better product than what Sony has, not just on hardware, but equally important on the software platform and services. We have the ingredients of a winning plan. Today was a good day for us, unquote. Um, they accidentally got Like a Dragon, the Yakuza game, as an exclusive because Sega wasn't ready for the PS5. And then we learned about the new... Series X refresh and a new controller. So, codename Brooklyn, the Xbox Series S will be potentially, I don't know if this is going to be still in the works or not now that it's been leaked or announced early, uh, the Series X will be getting a refresh, codename Brooklyn. It looks, it's round because it doesn't have a disk drive. Um, it looks like an old Amazon Alexa. Uh, this is a slide, so I'm going to quote everything from this slide. It says, quote, Brooklyn will deliver 4K Gen 9 console gaming with more internal storage, faster Wi-Fi, reduced power, and a more immersive controller, and a beautiful redesign that elevates all digital experience of the Xbox ecosystem. Beautiful and innovative new design, more internal storage for games, 2 terabytes, USB-C front port with power delivery, all new, more immersive controller, same great price, $499. Updated technologies, all new Southbridge to modernize I.O. and sustainability efforts. Wi-Fi 6E radio for better throughput, latency, and interference mitigation. Bluetooth 5.2 radio for improved accessory experiences. 6 nanometer die shrink for improved efficiency. Reduced PSU use power by 15%. New low power standard mode is 20% of current Xbox Series S standby mode. Increased use of PCR on housing to... Less than 30%, 100% recyclable packaging, unquote. So this would have uh, potentially released next fall. Um, then we also learned about a new controller, code named Sabil, Sabil, not sure. Uh, has a two-tone palette, but I think it's got grips on the second half. Um, quote, 
Ubiquity Play Anywhere, Xbox Wireless 2, Direct Cloud, Bluetooth 5.2, Seamless Pair and Switch, New Mobile App Features, C-Paired Device and Cloud, Managed Devices and Accessories, Immersion, Feel the Game, Precision Haptic Feedback, VCA Haptics, Double as Speakers, Accelerometer, Quieter Buttons and Thumbsticks, Sustainability, Do Good, Feel Good, Rechargeable and Swappable Battery, Recycled Materials and Less Resin, Repair and Disassembly, Durable and Reliable, New Modular Thumbsticks, Improved Longevity, Continued Build Improvements, Approachability, Engage and Delight, Lift to Wake, Familiar Xbox Feel, Same Ergonomics as Merlin, Same Layout and Activation Forces, S-E-L-E, XDL options as expected, unquote. So the biggest takeaway here, though, VCA haptics, double S speakers, and an accelerometer. So it would probably have similar uh, speaker feedback like the DualSense and DualShock 4 had, where you could hear some sounds out of the controller. An accelerometer, which is what Switch has, so essentially you could use it as a, um, I think the DualSense has it too, Essentially, it would it would uh, have the ability to act as like a device where it can sense where it's being moved around to. Then we also learned about the future of the next Xbox. Work has already essentially been started. They are calling it a hybrid machine, aiming to have dev kits in the hands of developers by 2026. Um, Microsoft is looking to the cloud. Uh, to power the new the next console, it's looking at a 2028 release, so it'd be eight years from the release of the Series X. Um, they call it a quote next generation hybrid game platform capable of leveraging the combined power of the client and the cloud to deliver deeper immersion and entirely new classes of game experiences. Unquote. If that happens, it'll be interesting, right? There was a lot of other stuff. Um, Bethesda had a roadmap in there that was before the buyout, things like that. So you, you can go find some of that stuff online. The biggest news to me, though, of course, was whatever they want to do for the future, the refresh, um, things like that. Obviously, we thought the FTC leaked it like last time, but apparently this time it was a Microsoft employee who didn't redact documents properly, uploaded them to the court. And now the internet knows uh, some of their plans that may or may not still be in motion. So someone is definitely losing a job over this, unfortunately. But that's what you get when you don't redact things properly. Anyway, uh, another dev has uh, spoken up against Unity. This time it's the developers behind Terraria. Uh, They have slammed, quote-unquote, Unity over what they call, quote-unquote, predatory moves. Um, In a statement on Twitter, the developers uh, of Terraria themselves, from their official account, said, quote, The team at Relogic has been watching the recent events surrounding Unity with both interest and sadness. The loss of a formerly leading and user-friendly game engine to the darker forces that negatively impact so much of the gaming industry have left us dismayed, to put it mildly. While we do not personally use Unity, outside of a few elements on our console mobile platforms, we feel like we cannot sit idly by as these predatory moves are made against studios everywhere. We unequivocally condemn and reject the recent TOS fee changes proposed by Unity and the underhanded way they were rolled out. The flippant manner with which years of trust cultivated by Unity were cast aside For yet another way to squeeze publishers, studios, and gamers is the saddest part. 
that this move was wholly unnecessarily pushes things into the tragedy category. A cautionary tale the industry will not soon forget. We do not feel that a simple public statement is sufficient. Even if Unity were to recant their policies and statements, the destruction of trust is not so easily repaired. We strongly feel that this is now equally important to get behind some of the other up-and-coming open-source game engines, lighting some candles in an otherwise dark moment. To that end, we are donating $100,000 each to the open-source engines listed below. Additionally, we are sponsoring each of these projects with $1,000 a month each moving forward. All we ask in return is that they remain good people and keep doing all that they can to make these engines powerful and approachable for development developers everywhere. Uh, Relogic has always been supportive of game developers and indie studios that do things the right way. We feel that our actions in this moment are the best way to carry the mission forward by accelerating and strengthening com competing open source game engines. We hope to empower and assist studios that are struggling with how best to proceed given these recent events. Unquote. The two engines they chose are the Godot game engine and FNA. It'll be really interesting to see what happens to Unity after all this. It'll be very interesting for sure. Uh, we've also learned some news about Horizon Zero Dawn again. This time it's going to be getting a board game. A new board game with miniatures, cards, and all the like will be released that will tell the story set between Horizon Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West. So if you're big fans of the series and like board games, this might be for you. Uh, we've learned from Bethesda that Starfield has hit 10 million players in under three weeks. It's a big number, one of Bethesda's biggest launches. Evil Dead the Game will no longer re receive updates, and its Switch version has been canceled. So if you've been waiting for that, unfortunately, it looks like development has ceased on that game. And our final bit of gaming news here... Glenn Schofield, famous for cre help creating the Dead, uh, the the um, the Dead Space series for EA and Visceral, co-founding Sledgehammer Games, uh, and then of course co-founding co Striking Distance, which most recently made the Callisto Protocol game, has announced he will be leaving the studio that he is currently the co-founder and head of to pursue new efforts. This man has founded more studios in the last few years than anyone else. Crazy, though. Anyway, that's it for gaming news. Let's head on over up the five, about two hours. See what's going on in Hollywood, shall we? Let's see, what's going on in Hollywood, huh? Well, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff's going on today. So show of hands, how many Buffy fans out there? Anyone? Anyone? Well, Joss Whedon is not involved, but a majority of the original cast are returning to create a new audio series. So it's a podcast, realistically. Uh, it will star James Marster's Spike as the main character. This has been reported by E.W., uh, this will be called Slayers, a Buffyverse story. Uh, it will premiere on October 12th. You can pre-order it. I don't know what that means. Uh, so James Marchers is returning. Uh, Charisma Carpenter, Anthony Head, Juliet Landau, Emma Clawfield Ford, Amber Benson, James Carls Leary, and Danny Strong are all returning. And newcomer 
Leia DeLeon Hayes will be joining as well. So Sarah Michelle Geller is not involved. I guess this takes place in a alternate universe. According to the synopsis, it says, quote, Stakes intensify as Cordelia Chase emerges from an alternate reality where she alone is the Slayer and Buffy Summers doesn't exist. Cordelia enlists Spike's help with a classic big bad terrorizing her world. His ex, Drusilla. Giles, Anya, Jonathan, and Tara also return, but through the years and the vastness of the multiverse, not everyone is who they used to be, unquote. So, yeah, look at that. If you're a big Buffy fan, you'll have more to listen to as more is coming. Uh, we've also learned that the Lando Calrissian television show, being written by Donald Glover and his brother, will now be developed as a film uh, via IGN, Stephen Glover, and Donald, uh, Donald Glover's brother and co-writer, uh, revealed the news on the Pablo Torre Finds Out show, quote, saying, it's not even a show. The idea right now is to do a movie. Right now, because of the strike, it's kind of like telephone all of the information, unquote. So, if this turns out to be true, honestly, I'd prefer a show, but I'll take a Lando movie. I mean, he was really good in it. So... I'm I'm cool with either option, really. Uh, we got the release of the Aquaman 2 trailer, which is giving off real big buddy cop vibes with Aquaman and Orm um, in it. Uh, unfortunately, Willem Dafoe is not returning, but the, the film... Everyone said... All the things I've heard is that it's the worst movie ever, like from test screenings. But the trailer... I know the trailers are deceptive, so we can't always trust a trailer... The trailer looks like a fun adventure movie. Again, we could all be wrong. Um, the director, there's a lot of family being mentioned, of course, in the trailer. No, it makes sense. James Wan directed a fast movie. <laughs> um, he's hinted at a potential for Aquaman 3, which we don't necessarily know if he will uh, continue as Arthur Curry in the new DCU under James Gunn. Uh, but then we've also learned that the canceled Trench movie that was going to come out uh, was going to be a Black Manta movie. And a lot of that stuff has made its way into Aquaman 2 as Black Manta is the main villain. And I'm very, very happy for more Black Manta. He's one of my favorite villains outside of the Batman mythos. Uh, Juan said during a Q&A held by IGN saying, quote, We had developed the Trench movie. And ultimately, like most things you develop, if they work out, great. If they don't, that's fine as well. We didn't want that project to potentially step on the Aquaman films, but we came up with a lot of really interesting ideas and really cool stuff that I felt we can use in this one. Uh, the Trench movie, it was going to be a secret Black Manta movie. Initially, we announced it as a Trench movie, but ultimately we wanted to surprise the fans because that was going to be a standalone Black Manta movie. When that didn't happen, some of those ideas found its way into this, unquote. Oh my god! We we're gonna get a solo Black Manta movie? I'm like, I am so mad now. If there was any villain that could get a solo movie and it would be cool, and not like Joker and shit like that, it would be Black Manta. Because the dude is technically a modern day pirate, right? And he fights dudes in the ocean... He's got a cool kick-ass submarine. He's got stolen Atlantean tech. And it sucks that Yaya jumped over to Marvel. I mean, it doesn't suck, because obviously I want to keep seeing him and stuff, because I like him as an actor. But it sucks that 
maybe he won't be Black Manta anymore, which makes me think that something happens to Black Manta in Aquaman 2. We'll know, though, in a few months when the movie comes out in December. Marvel has announced that Werewolf by Night is coming to Disney Plus in a new way. This October, uh, it will be released in full color. Last year, it released as a black-and-white film directed by the composer, uh, Michael Giacchino. Uh, it is a stand- it's not a standalone story because it takes place in the MCU, uh, but it, it uh, tells the more mythical, uh, magical elements of the MCU, even featuring Swamp Thing. No, Man-Thing. That's what Marvel calls their swamp creature. Um, but it will be getting an all-color release this October. Netflix has announced that they've renewed One Piece for a second season, which is good because all the scripts have been written and everything like that. They just need to have the strike end and they can get production underway. Uh, Drew Barrymore and Bill Maher, who last week we said were both going to cross picket lines and bring their shows back, well, have announced today, or not today, in the last few days, they are not going to uh, cross the picket lines. They are both going to, uh, after receiving a ton of criticism online, they are not going to be bringing their shows back. Uh, And Bill Maher said it was because the studios and the Writers Guild were going to meet today, and they did. We'll talk about that in a bit, which is actually our next story. So the WGA and the AMPTP and the studio CEOs all met today. Uh, It looks like the studios are kind of finally on their back foot. Um, so what was a few weeks ago, I said that Warner brothers had announced that they were going to take a $400 million loss because of the strikes, because their movies weren't going to come out. And literally everyone was like, if you agree to what the writers and actors are asking for, it would only cost you $45 million. So they would rather take a, they would rather take a $400 million loss then pay $45 million to the strike people. Like, really, dude? Well, uh, via a joint statement today, they said that it was, quote, very encouraging, uh, unquote. They're going to meet again tomorrow. Um, And while no official comment was made, uh, their official statement says, quote, the WGA and AMP." TP met for bargaining today and will meet again tomorrow, unquote. So with all the CEOs there, it looks like that uh, they're willing to meet somewhere in the middle or a compromise. I guess I've heard from other places that the um, the some studio heads were like, yeah, we're fine with it. It's, it's some of the other bigger ones that are against it. R- remember, they're all, technically all these companies are, um, like rivals, right? They don't want the others to succeed. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, there was a proposal made in August. Nothing had happened, but nothing, like I said, they met today. They're meeting again tomorrow. It looks like something might happen. Um, as of yet, there's been no plans for talks with SAG-AFTRA, but nothing is in the plan uh right now the so the when i say the studios ceos were there too this is a big deal Iger, 
from Disney, Ted Serenados from Netflix, David Zaslav from Warner Brothers, and Donna Langley from Universal were all at the negotiations today. So that's that's a big, big fucking deal. Um, people said Newsom was supposed to be there. I don't know how true that is. He's already spoken out and said that he's talked to both sides to try and figure it out. The mayor of L.A. has reached out as well. you got to remember, Hollywood is still a huge business for the state of California. Even if they don't necessarily film everything here anymore, it's still a huge deal, especially TV. Um, so we'll see what happens. They met in Sherman Oaks, and we'll see, though, if they decide to... Uh, Work something out tomorrow or in the next few weeks. So big, big, big news out of at least the writer strikes, which have been going on now for a hundred, almost 150 days. Moving on, uh, Disney has announced a new 100th anniversary DVD collection set. Uh, it costs $1,500, can only be purchased through Walmart of all places, but features 100 films, 18 bonus discs, uh, Crystal Mickey ears, and a few other things. Um, it is features 100 animated Disney films, including Pixar, uh, going all the way back to the first, you know, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, uh, up to Elemental. You will get both Blu-ray and digital formats. Uh, it's in this great-looking like box set in three boxes. Uh, all 100 films are on Blu-ray, a digital code for each one, um, Blu-ray discs, 18 Blu-ray discs of bonus content from Pixar, all of those are in, they come in three massive volume uh, pop-up book style boxes, um, and there's a, there's a picture of each movie's poster next to each disc slot, so you get a Crystal Mickey ears hat with a Disney 100 engraving, a lithograph plus a numbered certificate of authenticity. Uh, it is extremely limited, um, but like I said, it will. Um, you can only get it on Walmart, of all fucking places. Weird. So, oh, it's a Mickey ears hat. Ew. Uh, so these the the shape of the volumes is weird. It's not necessarily like a book, but it's this weird like trapezoidal shape. Um, there's three discs a page. And this is where the, the pictures of the um, the movie posters are. So, yes, I know it's it's $1,500, but realistically, it's $100. If, if you broke it down by just the Blu-rays, it's about $15 a disc, right? Which is kind of cheap for a Blu-ray. Um, but now that I know there's 18, uh, there's 18 bonus discs, that brings us to 118 discs. Which fifteen hundred dollars divided by one hundred eighteen? It's about twelve, thirteen bucks a, a movie, which is dirt fucking cheap for a Blu-ray. Considering some of these movies have never been released before on Blu-ray, and like I said, there is a hundred movies. I'm not going to list all one hundred because that would be ridiculous. Um, but every single animated Disney film, including Dinosaur, is in this package um we've also learned that loki season two will move up from friday october 6th to thursday october 5th um they and then they also announced disney 
that Elemental was the most watched premiere of 2023 on Disney+. Plus. So beating out The Little Mermaid like a week or two ago. Uh, they pulled in 26.4 million viewers in the first five days on Disney+. Plus. Um, or animated, I guess. No, most watched. That uh, is the most watched animated movie on Disney+, Plus since tur- Turning Red last year. Um, and it's the most viewed Disney Plus movie premiere in Latin America ahead of Turning Red. So, wow. This puts it well of the, ahead of The Little Mermaid, which only racked up 16 million views in the first five days. Woo! Elemental killing it on Disney Plus over there. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, speculation surrounding Venom 3 has been extremely high. I guess Sony Pictures posted a video on Instagram featuring both Topher Grace's Eddie Brock and Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock in some capacity. We'll see what happens, though, with that because it was deleted. We'll see, though, if anything major comes out of it. Uh, HBO has announced that they've canceled Winning Time, the Lakers Dynasty show. I, the second season... So much worse than the first. I didn't even finish it yet. It just it was not as good, and it kind of fell off in quality in general. Uh, so yeah, not surprised there. Uh, Keanu has uh, opened up about John Wick Four, saying that he. So spoilers here, and while while John Wick Five is in development, uh, Keanu was uh, and this is a new interview with Collider. Keanu was very, very uh, on board with the idea of of him dying at the end. Um, Keanu said, let me see, that's the, oh no, this is an interview with in Collider with Basil Iwanik, who is the series producer, saying, quote, after the second, third, and fourth movie, making these films is so exhausting and it destroys Keanu physically and emotionally. By the end, he's always like, I can't do this again. And we agree with him. The guy is just a shell of himself because he just goes off and goes for it. He was like, I want to be definitely killed at the end of this movie. Um, we were like, you know, we'll leave a 10% little opening. <laughs> Unquote. That's that's funny. Um, is he really dead, though? Again, if you've seen John Wick 4... You know that there is the possibility that he isn't, um, but we'll see ultimately if John Wick Five happens. And uh, I, couple more things. Um, so George R. R. Martin has joined seventeen other writers, uh, authors, in a lawsuit against OpenAI, uh, the team behind ChatGPT and Dall E, uh, the AI companies. So, <laughs> he's joining John Grisham, Scott Turo, Jody Picoult in the filing of a complaint. Um, it has been filed with the New York Southern District claiming that OpenAI copied the author's work by using it to train AI tools like ChatGPT. Um, whoa. Their statement says, quote, spit out derivative works material that is based on mimics, summarizes, or paraphrases plaintiff's works and harms the market for them, unquote. That's wild. Um, yeah, you can't copyright some of that art. It, it's 
Ooh, I, a chat GPT open AI has, has responded to request. Um, this is going to be an interesting fight to see what happens. Uh, AI of course uses language learning, the internet to craft stories. It, it doesn't craft, it doesn't necessarily create new, it kind of regurgitates existing information and just puts it, fits it into places that, that makes sense. That's how it kind of knows. Like I used it to create a background for one of my D and D characters, just, just to try it. Right. And if you put in certain information, it takes existing information from the internet to craft that story. Like I had a character created, uh, that lives in Baldur's gate and it literally fills in all the gaps about information from like D and D lore and stuff to create it. So it's not really using personal essence like humans do to create that story. It's doing it. Um, it's just taking words off the internet and placing it together to make a somewhat cohesive story. We've even tried it at my job to answer like emails. And again, it literally just regurgitates standard information that can be Googled. So it's not, I'm kind of torn, right? Cause I, I fully support the auth, the writer's strike and the, the SAG strike and all this because of what AI can do to them and their careers. And I understand how AI can be used for business and things like that, but there's very fine lines that have to be set. There's, there's, there's things that need to be put in place to stop AI from doing certain things and not be used in certain ways. Because, yes, I support it for business on one hand in some ways, but also know it could take my job one day. But I also don't want it used in, in a creative medium when it comes to writing and acting and things like that. Because you loot, when you pull out the human element, it will become stale. It will become just the same over and over and over again. And it won't have that, that essence, that heart, that soul that, that humans create. Um, so it is a big deal. And I do want to talk about Ahsoka. And you guys know I'm, I, I fully stand with the strikes. So it's, it's hard talking about new stuff. Um, but it is Star Wars. And Star Wars is life. So I, I, I don't want to technically promote it. But I do want to talk about it. Because last night's episode was uh, amazing. It is, every episode of Ahsoka, just, it keeps getting better and better and better and better. And this episode was no exception. Because, A, we finally get to the new galaxy. B, Dave Filoni just decides to upend Star Wars lore completely in a good way. We also got, and this is the most important part, Thrawn makes his appearance and Lars Mikkelsen as Thrawn in live action was was a perfect perfect casting I I I can't tell you how perfect it really is because yes he voiced him in the in Rebels but he pulls him off in such a way that I didn't think could actually be done in live action. And I've been a fan of Thrawn since the beginning almost. And it might be blasphemous to say what I'm about to say because I've never actually read the original Thrawn trilogy, you know, Heir to the Empire, Dark Force Rising, all things like that. Um, I have read the Thrawn duology. 
um, which was technically Thrawn's clone. And then I've also read the new Thrawn trilogy in the new canon, um, which is Thrawn, uh, Allegiance, and Treason. And I'm on the second new Thrawn trilogy, all from Timothy Zahn, of course, which is um, takes place when Thrawn was a younger man in the Chiss Ascendancy. So I, I'm fully in, in Thrawn. I have a Thrawn, you know, mini bust. I have a Thrawn, I have Thrawn comics. Everything Thrawn, I, I even bought a Thrawn Funko from a convention I couldn't go to. So when I say I'm a big Thrawn guy, I'm a big Thrawn guy. And Lars is so calculating in the way he voices Thrawn, and he does it again playing, portraying him in live action. And seeing the Chimera, which is his ISD, pull up. Woo! Woo hoo hoo hoo! Star Destroyers in atmosphere is like my favorite thing to see. And the fact that they do it up close like this in Ahsoka, my God. Woo! Uh, we also got the return of Ezra Bridger. No surprise there. Sabine meets up with him in the wild. Uh, Ahsoka was in it just a bit. There's a, a lot of things going on about her lines in the movie with Hu Yang. About is it a reference to the trilogies? Is it a reference to the movies? I say it's a, refer- a reference to... History of the World, Part 1, by directed by Mel Brooks. That's just me, though. You know, I don't know. But Ahsoka's... Man, the fact that they go to another galaxy, and that's where we learn that's where the Death of Mary Witches are from. Woo! That blows shit up, man. Ahsoka is perfect. And look, if you haven't watched Rebels, you need to watch Rebels at least before you watch Ahsoka. And realistically, you should watch The Clone Wars, but that's going to take a little bit more time. But if you haven't watched Clone Wars or Rebels, I really urge you to do so before you watch Ahsoka. Because it kind of fills in a lot of the gaps or questions you might have while you're watching Ahsoka. Um, That is kind of it for movie and TV news today. So, before we end the show... I got another set of 80s top 10 movies to talk about. This week, we have uh, 80s horror films. So let's get on over to my top 10 80s horror movies. So, we've talked about 80s teen movies. We've talked about 80s sci-fi movies. We've done animated movies, action movies, comedy movies. Well, it's time to talk about 80s horror movies. When the genre really found its footing, if you will. And so, let's not waste any major time on it, shall we? So, at number 10, The Fly 2, released February 10th, 1989, sequel to the Jeff Goldblum, The Fly. Uh, this movie is, it's a, <laughs> yes, it's a horror movie, but it, it, it's, it's ridiculous. It's also a ridiculous movie at the same time. Um, the Fly 2. I, I don't know what they were going for with this movie. Um, it, it. Very interesting, for sure. Eric Stoltz is in it as um, 
as like Grundle son, Brundle son. Um, but he ends up turning into a fly as well. But he, unlike his father, he comes out and survives, if you will. Um, spoilers on a 30 year old movie, but there is a, um, one, one of the bad guys like turns into a creature cause he goes into the thing and gets like morphed with a dog and it's, uh, it's just a ridiculous movie if you've never seen The Fly 2. It, paltry compared to the first, but but still still interesting, uh, but not great. So that's why it's number 10. At number 9, I've the first Friday the 13th movie released May 9th, 1980. Fun fact, Jason Voorhees is not the killer in this movie. Yeah, that's right, it's his mother. If you've never seen the original Friday the 13th, it's kind of funny now by today's standards. Uh, but he is not the killer in that movie. It's his mother, if you guys didn't know. Uh, of course, he appears out of the lake at the end of the movie. Yes, spoilers for a 42-year-old, 43-year-old movie. Um, but yeah, uh, which puts number 8, Friday the 13th, Part 3, released thir- August 13th, 1982. This is actually the first appearance of the hockey mask. So Jason is the killer officially in Friday the Night, Friday the 13th Part 2, but it's not until Part 3 that he dons his famous hockey mask. Again, these are just your typical slasher flicks. Nothing fancy, nothing crazy going on, but they're fun to watch. At number 7, another classic slasher movie, A Nightmare on Elm Street, the first movie in the franchise, released November 9th, 1984. Freddy's coming for you. Don't fall asleep, because Freddy's coming for you in your dreams. Um, I really enjoy the the Nightmare movies. Uh, the first one is my favorite, though, out of all of them. Uh, Jason, uh, Freddy versus Jason is a, a close number two. <laughs> Terrible movie, but a close number two. Um, I love Freddy as a villain. I've been, I was Freddy for Halloween one year. But uh, no, they're just they're fun movies by now. Johnny Depp getting sucked into a bed, erupting into an explosion of, of blood. I think everyone's seen I Love the 80s when they talked about that. Uh, number six, Child's Play, the first Chucky film, released November 9th, 1988. Um, great slasher flick, great fun. It's funny, too. Of course, all the slasher films have some element of comedy, of course, uh, child's play had a lot of it since it's a murderer a murderer's spirit taking over a child's doll um but yes brad dorif as chucky is is just great that laugh he has too and number five one of the few movies to ever actually scare me uh is twilight zone the movie released june 24th 1983 and it's the version of terror at thirty thousand feet Starring John Lithgow with like a fucking creature on the wing. This is one of the few movies that is, like I said, has been able to scare me. Um, and it's only really because of that one sequence in the movie. Uh, the rest of the movie's trippy, funny, weird. Uh, but that is definitely one that has gotten me the most. Um, yeah. Number four, Aliens. The second movie in the Alien franchise, directed by James Cameron, uh, one of the most beloved. Get away from her, you 
bitch. Uh, July 18th, 1986, the alien threat has once again plagued humans as uh, Ellen Ripley must fight them and the alien queen. Yes, that is the first appearance of the alien queen. Uh, Aliens is such a great fucking movie. If you've never seen it, man, you really need to watch the alien movies. They, They really redefined space horror. And this is such a great movie. The first one is good, but Aliens is 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 on another level, and it would set up the franchise moving forward. Of course, uh, James Cameron perfected what Ridley Scott had already, what Ridley Scott had already made perfect. James Cameron perfected it. At number three, we have the first Fly, uh, itself a remake, uh, released August fifteenth, nineteen eighty six. David Cronenberg, the director. This, of course, would push forward the idea of David Cronenberg movies and the idea of like Cronenberg-esque monsters um, starring, of course, Jeff Goldblum as Brundle, the Brundle fly. And it's, it's funny that, you know, Cronenberg has worked on a lot of movies that necessarily don't involve like body horror, yet at the same time, he has, you know done body horror stuff as well. And he's known for that more than anything, which is hilarious to me. Of course, there's literally a whole Cronenberg universe that Rick and Morty go to. So it's it's funny that that is kind of what he's known for, even though he's actually done some really good, like, action movies that weren't... um, that weren't body horror stuff. So I enjoy some of his stuff. I do enjoy The Fly. It's a very interesting movie. Uh, it's a very it's a comment on like technology and what people can do with it and how it affects people. Obviously the second one would build on that as well, not as good as the first one. But it's fun and interesting to watch for sure. Um, it's, it's, if you've never seen it, you need to watch it. Gina Davis, Jeff Goldblum are amazing in it. They really are. But it's, it's, you gotta have a strong stomach for it. Uh, at number two, I have The Blob, also a horror remake, released August 5th, 1988. This is a fun one. Uh, it's essentially about an amorphous blob that absorbs human body and tissue and just eats them and... There's a lot of people in this movie, and it it's a, a great remake of the old like 1950s one. It's a movie I very much enjoy. It's not even that scary realistically, and uh, if you've never seen it though, it could be very creepy. Um, Josh Dillon is in it, you know, who plays of course Johnny Drama in Entourage. Um, is that wait? Why did I? I don't think I said his name right. It's it's definitely not Josh Dillon. Um, the Blob. It is uh, Kevin Dillon. I don't know why I said Josh Dillon. It's it's Kevin Dillon. The, it's it's a fun movie, and like I said, it's it's definitely it's a thriller. It's it's it, it can be scary if you've never seen it, um, and it it le- has a lovely opened ending that could have led to another movie. Uh, I don't know if something like this could ever be made 
again, it's definitely not something that would go over with like modern audiences. That's for sure. Um, but it would be fun to fun to think about. That's for sure. It's it's different, right? Um, and if it if it ever really did come out again, um, I don't know how they would do it, or they they could do a sequel. But it's it's a fun horror movie to watch with friends um, because you could all think about what would you. It, it's almost like a technically like a zombie movie, right? Because it's a slow moving, um, it's a slow moving like blob. It's literally just a blob. So it 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 would be different, of course. Uh, and again, I, I really don't know how it would work in today's cinema. Uh, it would be interesting to see it if ever could be done again. And my number one horror movie, no surprise here, The Thing, released June 25th, 1982. The great, amazing film directed by the king of horror himself. John Carpenter, starring, of course, Kurt Russell and several other... I mean, even Wilford Brimley. Of course, uh, Keith David is and is in it as well. The horrible, horrible remake that came out a few years, ten years ago. But anyway, the fact that people hated this movie when it first came out is wild to me. Because it is such... A great movie. The thing is, is again, you'd think David Cronenberg was involved because of like the body horror and stuff, but it it, it it's such it's such a good movie. It's so friggin' scary. It makes you it 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 fits the setting too because what's it? It's in Antarctica, right? And it's like you already have like this. We're lost um, in this place where people can't really get to us and then now you can't trust anyone to know if they're a fucking alien or not if they're gonna kill you or not it is such a great movie that if you've never seen it don't watch it at night and probably don't watch it alone because you might get scared as hell it is such it makes you think about Again, some of these good horror movies will make you think about, you know, how you would react in those situations. And the thing is perfect for that because it, it like I said, it makes you think, how would you react in that situation? Uh, what would you do if someone didn't trust if you were you or not? Um, it, it literally came out the same time as E.T. And I think that is the reason it... Um, it came out like two weeks after E.T., and I think that's part of the reason it didn't do too hot. So, but the fact that it's it's kind of earned a cult status now, it it's a movie I very much enjoy. And again, it is a remake, um, but it it is so, like, so good. It's just a, such a good movie. And yes, it's about aliens and and. Just the scene when, like, he, they go to save that guy with the the um, defibrillator, and then his like mouth, his body opens up as like a fucking mouth and eats the other dude's hands. So 
damn good. But again, don't watch it at night if you've never seen it. It is a scary, scary movie. Um, but other than that, I will uh, I will leave you guys with that. Don't forget to follow us on social media. Don't forget to follow us on uh, different platforms, whatever you guys want to listen with. It is a fun place to be. I know we're talking about horror movies today, uh, but other than that, it's uh, usually a fun place around here. Like I said, follow us on social media, Nixner News. Go to our website, nixnernews.com, and uh, I will catch you guys on the flip side. This has been a production of Nixner News. Please do not use without implicit faxed permission. And yes, that means with a fax machine. Thank you and have a nice